Hello there. This is Mike. This is Bob. And we're coming at you with another episode of Comparing Apples to Oranges, the podcast where we take two things in the same category that don't belong to the same genre, and using a special set of criteria designed specifically for this episode, we tell you which one's better. Bob, welcome aboard again. Thanks, Mike. It's great to be back. Um, I'm so glad we found uh, some common ground. Usually, we, we're like, hey, you know what, let's... You know, let's just punish ourselves with some terrible films. And this time, I think on the surface, we're like, hey, it'll be funny to watch these two movies and um, see what happens. And I, I was pleasantly surprised with both of them. I'm just going to go ahead and get that out of the way. I liked watching both of these movies. I deeply enjoyed them. Um, well, I liked that, uh, hinting towards the category... We tried to mitigate the shittiness by limiting ourselves to 90-minute movies. But these two movies ripped ass in 90 minutes. They did so much work. I, I, so let me get this out of the way. I've been trying to watch the movie Cobra for... I, I can't I can't give you an actual time because like I've seen it in my mind's eye at Blockbuster for the last... Do you do that? Can you... like? When someone says something out loud, you're like, oh, I remember that movie. because I can tell because you what the cover is, Blockbuster. and I can't tell you what happened in the movie. I might not have seen the movie, but I could tell you what the Blockbuster video cassette There are plenty of like. those like that for me. My favorite section to hang out in, in, the, in the Blockbuster, even though I was scared to death of horror movies, was horror movies. Okay. And the two movie titles that immediately pop to mind when I think of Blockbuster is, I think it's Jace, Jason Goes to Hell. It's a picture it's the of his metal Jason mask, his mask with the snake coming out of the so eye scary. and the one eye. Now I'm scared. With flames in the background. Yes. It's frightening stuff. Never saw it. And Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Uh, Never seen they... it. No idea what happened. Well, I have some idea what happened. It's a picture of, I think it's a drawn city with like animated tomatoes. It is hand drawn. Okay. It looks like a car- cartoon ish yes. uh, with. Like tomatoes coming out of spaceships? That sounds right. Something like that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Might be getting that a little confused with killer clowns from outer space. That was a picture of a, like, a clown's really big head, but it wasn't like a human clown. It was like a clown helmet, almost. Ooh. And then a really small clown body on the backdrop, I think, was like stars. All right. New business idea, clown helmets. Uh... Who do we pitch that to? <laughs> hey, if you're listening out there, uh, is this how? Um, I think this is how Elon Musk got started. <laughs> I mean, you put something in 4chan long enough. That's kind of like I think that's what. Is that the secret? <laughs> is that how the secret works? That's the secret. Thanks, Oprah. <laughs> if you're not immediately put in jail for putting something on 4chan, it might come true. Oh, that's a business. Yeah. <laughs> I always forget the name of the service that you can ask people for money. GoGo Starter. Help me out. PayPal? Venmo? <laughs> Kickstarter. No, Kickstarter. Yeah. Venmo is how I ask people for money. <laughs> yes. Like, excuse right. me, you owe me exactly Directly $13. Yes. <laughs> you told me to split the bill. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so today, uh, we, dis- we found a way to watch the movie Cobra. Yes. And... It, it happened because I, uh, I I refused to compromise the integrity of this podcast by watching two things that are in the same genre. And Cobra is in a genre that I love immensely, which is action movies. Specifically, and 
'80s action movies. They're they're so good. A genre unto itself. That's the truth. So the reason I completely agree with that sentiment is, I watched the movie Cliffhanger and I watched the movie Commando. Oh God! They great choice. They could not be made in the modern era. Hell no. For the following reasons: one, they were insane. <laughs> like you can't. Like they, I, Gotti was made like two years ago. We saw that. That movie's completely insane. And and that movie shouldn't have been made. Maybe a little more incoherent. <laughs> that, like that is clinically insane. Because the the pitch is, hey, I've got this idea, and they're like, it, it's not going to fly. We can't do it. Mm-hmm. But and then it's it's sort of like, have you heard these stories about Tom Cruise and his addiction to, um, like doing his own stunts have you heard these stories yes where he has to become a producer on his own movie to justify him actually doing the stunts because the studio won't allow it yes and this sort of this this is what i'm getting from watching these movies and like these adult men saying these real things that they legitimately believe but they've made they've turned themselves into a character they're like what Mm -hmm. if i climb mountains and have to solve crimes and they're like well that's that's nothing bonkers and they said and he said what and then by the time he says what they've already made the movie and it's gone (laughs) it's gone into editing and the guy who's supposed to edit it is in rehab because he did more coke than the actors because it's the 80s and there's no other choice like you have to do something with your time and that's that's the movie making magic remember how like the line remember how i said i'd kill you last i lied i just thought that was part of like the zeitgeist i didn't know where it came from i didn't know what context it was i was pretty sure arnold said it because i remember people using an accent when they said it i didn't know it was from the movie commando and then not only was it from that movie and i'm like oh that's from the he flips the guy's car over yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, you can't, you can't, you can't write that. <laughs> That's like, Jerry Horn from Twin <laughs> Peaks' car off a cliff. Which is, you know, in a lot of ways, like, you can't, you, you know how people, oh, you can't write this stuff. Like, no, oh, no one, can't say that joke it's kind of like improv. Like, they improv this. They said, okay, we're going to make this card out of cardboard. What are you gonna do? He's like, I'm pretty sure I'm just gonna lift it over my head. <laughs> like, <laughs> also, like, all right, we're talking about Commando. Sorry, we're talk. Let's talk about the two movies we watched today. They were under 90 minutes, which I thought, like, that's how I justified getting to watch Cobra is because it was under 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, Easy, get in, get out. Turns out there's a lot of famous movies that are under 90 minutes, and there are not a lot of movies today that are under 90 minutes and i was trying to watch a popular movie that i had not seen recently and i said let me scan the old Redbox uh website so i could see which movies i could not get in trouble for downloading and um every single movie is a minimum of an hour and 45 minutes the majority yeah. of movies are two hours plus we're yeah, talking comedies two hours. comedies horror action uh fantasy science fiction every uh, dramedies anything you want is over two hours 
Which to me, I don't... There must be some reason for it. But I feel like, make a good 90-minute movie, you can probably squeeze in at least one more showing of it a day in a theater? Like, can you just... Can you make more money off a shorter movie? I don't know. They're, Maybe I'm crazy. I don't understand, except for the justification of the budget. Like, if you're going to spend $100 million on the movie, you have to explain that it's going to be more than three episodes of a television show. Like, yeah, it has to be four episodes of a television <laughs> show. Yeah. Whoa. Got him. No, that's that's it. It's like, and I don't understand, I don't know when this happened. I can't, I'm sure there's a very easy way to track this, but like, I remember Lord of the Rings being just an insane amount of, everyone's like, this is so long. Oh and my like, God, it's so long. And it, it's a it monster was, of a movie. It was super long. Yeah, hey, but hours, yeah. that's what like all of the adventure movies are now. Like, yeah, yeah. And every Marvel movie, a minimum two and a half hours. And the last movie I saw that Too was long. that I remember being super long was the Quentin Tarantino movie, The Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. I yeah. saw it in theaters on seventy millimeter, and they yes. had an intentional intermission, fifteen yeah. minute long intermission. <laughs> I went to the bathroom. I bought more popcorn. It was a day. Like I went mm-hmm. before it was noon, and I left when it was sort of dark outside. <laughs> And you know what? Like, it was a great Saturday, but I knew what I was getting into. Right. The most recent Quentin Tarantino movie. You have to movie, plan a day around that. Yeah. And it was a great day, but, like, I did it on purpose. And, you know, everybody went into it on the same. The most recent Quentin Tarantino movie, I think, was, like, eight minutes shorter. No intermission. <laughs> I left when it was dark again. And I'm like, guys, it should be on the ticket or something. They're like, nah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Who cares? This is it, there was it, Thor two also the same <laughs> amount of time, not as rewarding, but I don't know if it. I I'm not gonna talk to the commentary of like why it's longer because like are you trying to fit more in? Do you think the stories are more important? Hey, I mean you know with the Marvel stuff, there's all the stories to tell the characters. The you know it's, it's what like a 25 film arc yeah. or something yes. like. Sure, there's a lot of plot and stuff to throw in. And this is not me. I, I like Judd Apatow. I like what he does. I like almost all of his movies. Yeah. His comedies are too long. Too long. I, I don't know why they're too long. I know they are too long. I remember, I, I think the first time I actively thought that was when I saw, uh, was it called Funny People? That's the I only... in theaters. Because I, I didn't like, like it. When is this movie going to end? I All the other ones I liked, it didn't bother me as much. That one I didn't like. Right. Yeah, I mean, so, I think... Super it felt bad's around two hours. Yeah, for sure. Which is Knocked insane. Up is around two, maybe a little shorter. Um, yeah, funny people is over two hours and just thirty minutes it, of fluff on it. Right. It feels like a slog because it's there. It's drag time. There's walls. and I do have a general theory that most two-hour movies have are thirty minutes too long. That's yeah, and that's why we're talking about ninety-minute movies. So we yes, watched the movie you. Child's Play from nineteen eighty-eight. Um, it is an American horror film directed and co-written by Tom Holland and produced by David Krishner from a story by Don Mancini. And so I just recently, um, had a conversation with other adults, you know, as I'm wont to do. (laughs) I have to preface this because like most of my conversations are with like children and I'm trying to, I'm trying to reason with them. Or adults that work with children and we're both trying to tell each other we're okay. <laughs> like, no, it's okay. You're okay. <laughs> so I was having this conversation with adults and we were talking about 
originality. And they, you know, everybody, these weren't even olds, but they were like, you know, there's just no such, everything's a sequel or a remake today. And I'm like, guys, Shakespeare was doing remakes and sequels. Like, let's all just chill out. I'm like, the Godfather was based on a book. That's what I, and that's what I said. I'm like, everything, shit's original. all of the good stuff is a book or like a reimagining of some uh, old story. And mm-hmm. then like this one guy just sat and looked at the wall for like 20 minutes. And he's like, what about Toy Story? <laughs> like he had to go back to like 91 and you know, I, I'm like, no, that yes, you did it. Right. However, there's a lot of other good stuff, and that doesn't just because it's a remake or reimagining or a sequel or a book doesn't mean it's bad. It's just no. like this is that's how media works. Storytelling this, is this is an original film. Yeah. Uh, however, mm-hmm. and not however, like because it's an original film, it drew from other inspirations, and so the director like said. He's been interviewed a lot because, like, everybody loves Chucky, yeah, Chucky. And, it, and his nonsense. So One of the, one of the famous 80s uh, slasher villains. Yes. And uh, well into the 90s and 2000s. Oh, yes, yeah, certainly. Uh, so he said his inspiration came from a film called Trilogy of Terror, which I, I'm able to picture. It looks... So we were talking about Killer Clowns from Outer Space. This is a large, like, tiki doll head with holding like a butcher knife uh that's what's on the front and then like there's an episode of the twilight zone called talky tina which i'm sure we've seen at some point Mm -hmm. and he said that he knew the killer doll trope from those two and realized it had never been done as a feature-length film in the age of animatronics which is sure apparently the 80s can we talk about the animatronics over this are you ready to do that already oh yeah uh i was expecting garbage i was expecting far worse i was, I was so surprised i was frightened at points okay <laughs> there were a few scary scenes i see i didn't realize how funny this movie was okay and i know that this series has a reputation for being real tongue-in-cheek and quippy and so, stuff like that and kind of cheesy and kitschy but i didn't think it started with the first one not yes. that this movie is like cheesy or kitschy but I, chucky has some lines they take this is a movie that takes itself the accurate amount of seriousness, which eighties slasher and like animated doll does not that doesn't track. I thought this movie did like threaded that needle incredibly well. Yeah, it, it it's similar to the first Nightmare on Elm Street, where yes. it's, it's funny but it's scary, right? And the villain is dangerous, right? He doesn't say he's bitch just, as much as you think he's gonna say not bitch as much, but when he says it, you're like. That's not as fun. Like that, I'm a little scared. It's, he's angry, right? So, because I couldn't tell when things were funny. Because the whole so there's a whole scene where <laughs> I definitely laughed at inappropriate places. That's because it's a little doll. Why are you scared of this little it's doll? A, oh wait, he killed multiple people. Doll. He's pretty big. Like he's a, he's like a foot and a half, two feet. No, he's like the size of a little boy. Yeah, he's yeah. he was bigger than I thought. He's he not was bigger than I thought. He's not right. small soldiers size. You remember small soldiers <laughs> I've seen from the Burger King so many times of my life, Mike. <laughs> That's when I really started to appreciate Pat Benatar's love as a battlefield. <laughs> and I feel bad that that's when I started appreciating it, but you got to do it sometime. It's got to start. Yeah, you know. something has to pull. I was an uncivilized youth, so the first time I heard good '80s music was in 
the 1990s movie Small Soldiers. <laughs> okay, so... Oh, so, talking about comics were great, uh, especially oh in the... Not the final scene, but where Chucky's walking on the hall, Terrifying. and the mom has the gun, and she's shooting it. Terrifying. And, like... It's, it's just really well right. He pops out of a vent and tries to murder a guy. I'm like, Amazing. is this real? Awesome. I couldn't tell if it was real yeah. or not. That scene kind of flipped my way. I was not expecting that. Especially because, like, within the, like, the very simple rules of the movie, <laughs> it had, like, he both teleported and, again, gained sentience. Which I'm yes. like, I never questioned it because I was worried that man was going to die. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, so, real quick... Um, let's talk about the funny parts. Okay. When the the detective almost got his dick cut six or seven times in a row. So you mean Prince Humperdinck <laughs> or Princess Bride? <laughs> I'm in I'm in legitimately stunned silence because oh. I could not remember who that was. Oh, that stunningly handsome man. <laughs> yeah. I okay powder. I bet my life on it. No, you don't, it's odorless. <laughs> yeah, Shut what are you up. Talking about? Oh my god. Uh, he, that no wonder I thought he was a douchebag the whole time. Was so fucking funny. Here's why I was confused. He didn't just pull the car <laughs> he over. Gunned he gunned it! He's like, well, ah, ooh, ah. And, and here, <laughs> jumping all here's over the, the confusing car. part. Because there was a legitimate time when Chucky refused to let him break. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And that part, I'm like, oh, this is scary because you oh, can't. He's trying to cut your foot. Why. He's trying to cut your foot so you can't hit the brake. And he's pressing the gas. You're accelerating drive. That's scary. I've done that. Yeah. You're like, oh, the brakes aren't working. I have multiple nightmares about that all the time. Because one time I slid on ice and I'm like, oh, no. However, yeah, fun. before that, he's like, oh, there's an animate doll in my car. I better gun it yeah. <laughs> so I can get to the where. Where to- is he going? And that, I don't even know where he's going. That's it. Was he driving home or something? Just crash your get out of the car. Just smash into something. So, but then Chucky gets under the seat. Where does he get this knife? Because it looks like a toy knife. But he it is j- such a he's stabbing fully <laughs> through, through the, the seat. seat of the car with an extra like six inches on it. And he and the man. The adult man holding the steering wheel pulls himself up, like he gets a vertical. Two feet off he gets of a the seat. high vertical, so he doesn't get his balls stabbed. However, then he comes down because Chucky pulls the knife back and then does it again. And you're like, I can't tell what's happening. I don't know if I should be Dude, scared. That Am I laughing? Because I'm definitely fun. laughing. I'm like, I said this isn't happening. This is because right before then, like. A very sad mom is crying and screaming. <laughs> and who's this mom? Catherine Hicks, the mom from Seventh Heaven. Oh, golly. That is a show I did not watch. Oh, no. But it was on the WB and her face sure. and her hair was the exact same. No, I, She's I, aged I, zero years. I remember the pedophile dad, mm-hmm. not the mom. There was an episode when one of the kids was huffing pain. <laughs> so, Ooh, that's, oh, that's out of a bag. That's so scary. Every episode was a very special episode of um, Seventh Heaven. Another scene that not really played for laughs, but <laughs> cracked me up. The, the, his first kill. The babysitter, uh, Aunt... Uh, uh, I don't think I wrote her name down. No. She, she sucked. She, oh, she was hilarious. <laughs> she... 
not a character you see in movies too much anymore. Just like sassy. Yeah. Sassy to the point of mean. Oh, yeah. To almost everyone in the movie. <laughs> everyone. Just a smoker and a drinker. <laughs> Childless, like forty years old, yeah. just cool. Yeah, she's she knows what's up. She she wants to party. She's babysitting. Uh, is the kid named Andy? I think the kid's Andy and Chucky. And she hears noises and she sees something. She knows there's something going on. And she hears a, a rattling in the kitchen and she goes to check behind the plant and boom, there's nothing there. Yeah, False classic. They she got turns us. That's around. like the cat jump out scene. Chucky with a hammer. Bam! Right in the face. Right in her, right between her eyes. She stumbles, which she, I guess was her. It's unclear how strong Chucky is. Strong enough to hit the face if, would hurt. Here's the thing: like, swing a hammer. Have you ever dropped a hammer? Yeah, because it hurts. We're talking like gravity. She stumbles backwards. It. The camera zooms in on her feet, so you can see how far she stumbles backwards, like twenty feet, and then breaks through and flips out of like a third story window and plummets to her death. <laughs> oh, oh, she's dead. dead. Oh, crack me up. Just just dead. So dead. Launches herself through that. That was both comedic and terrifying. You were talking recently. A good mix. You were talking comedy and terror. You were just talking about um what I'm dubbing the Chekhov's fireplace scene. Because Usually it's called Chekhov's gun, and if you see a gun in the first act, you know it's going to be fired by the third act. Let's talk about the fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> this very nice Chicago apartment has a gas fireplace. This suspiciously nice Chicago Cause, apartment. Because she's poor. Because like this whole plot revolves around her being a single Super mom. Super poor. Poor. Can only afford, afford a buddy doll. So she she can't afford a Chucky doll, a buddy doll. So she buys one bootleg from, version. Yeah, a bootleg from a toothless hobo? a hobo. You know, it was Chicago in the eighties. Yeah, all uh, of us were hobos. Rough, rough, rough looking character she bought this doll from. But yeah, nice looking apartment. Yeah, it's nice gas fireplace. So she's trying to squeeze some information out of this doll because <laughs> she is losing her mind, and she's like, no. My kid seems normal. I believe my son. Yeah. And so she's like, I'll do the only thing I know how to do. I'll talk to the doll until I threaten to burn it with this fire. Yeah. I'm like the whole thing on fire. Which, another funny moment of the movie for yeah. me. She's threatening the doll. She's like, talk. I know you're alive. God damn it. He's like, yeah. I'm Chucky. Yeah. Want to play? Which is I'm... like, great. That's a great, great moment. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, it's, where's this going? It's building. She lights a fire. And she slowly brings the the doll towards the fire. Chucky snaps into Brad yeah. Doris' voice. Fuck you, you fucking bitch! I'll fucking kill you! It's like, oh yes, this so is awesome. They talk about like there's a transition in the human look of the cosmetics of the doll, and there's there definitely is, and it is yeah. frightening. Yeah, how realistic yeah, so facial animations. It makes when it's like evil Chucky. Yeah. When it's the strangler. And like practical effects are great. And they talked about there's various portrayals of Chucky, including RC animatronics, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Little people or child actors? I don't know what that phrase means. <laughs> I think it's pretty clear, Mike. We've really adopted the phrase little people. Jeez, that sounds so demeaning. Little... I don't mean to be like sarcastic. That sounds diminutive. 
calling them people. little people. Yeah. Because they're regular I, people. They're just shorter than me. That do, that's They're still people. Bob, why are you so against this? <laughs> Sit down, Bob. Sit down. Little people or child actors. It's all the same to me. Um, so I'm not going to talk too much about the plot because the plot was literally surmised in one sentence and I thought they nailed it. Okay. A widowed mother. So rude. Why didn't you just say single mother? A widowed mother who gives her son a doll for his birthday, unaware that the doll is possessed by the soul of a serial killer. True. Played by horror icon Brad Dorif. Yeah. Who goes on to play Chucky's voice. At least through the 2004 movie, um, I forget what that Chucky movie was, but he played Chucky's voice for six or seven movies. There was a handful of Chuck or Child's plays, yes, and then there was Seed of Chucky or no Bride of yeah, there Bride were of Chucky, plays, and then one Seed to of Chucky. Uh, there was also a remake recently with Aubrey Plaza this year, last year, yeah, tw- yes, and she played the Catherine uh, Hicks role. I have okay. not seen it. And don't know if I go back to sec to the practical effects. There are at least two giant explosions in this movie. Yeah, just full on Michael Bay fireball explosions. Yes, I mean there's a lightning strike, so of course there has to be an explosion. (laughs) Yeah, which then you know blows up. Oh, in a house. In a house. I thought that. Yeah, when Chucky blows up, when Chucky blows up, Andy escorts Chucky. I thought he died to the projects in 1988 Chicago, and. he drops off Chucky. <laughs> Chucky goes in the house, lights a fuse, blows the whole damn thing up. Andy just disappears. Thought he was dead. I for sure thought, well, okay, kill Andy. I mean, it's an 80s horror movie. They would definitely kill a kid. 1,000%. <laughs> oh, by the way, there were six sequels. I don't know if they're counting the remake, though. I don't think that re- counts the remake. Because it's not a reboot. It's a remake. I believe. What does that mean? What does that mean? Grittier. <laughs> <laughs> more boobs. <laughs> Ten more boobs. Um, I was really impressed by the acting in this movie because like, there are so few actors that matter in the movie. There are yes. like five actors. Yes. Um, the mom was incredible. She was both she was so strong. She was empathetic, and no, sim- she was sympathetic and like she took the movie role completely seriously. Yeah, the the te- the detective Humperdinck took the movie role exactly as seriously as he should have, which is like, this is stupid, you're dumb. Yeah, this movie's dumb. I'm gonna die. <laughs> like the and, proper and amount. Like early plays in the movie. Yeah, Chucky did, Chucky did a great job where he's just like, uh, something happened, and now I'm in a doll. And the guy's like, yeah, now you're a doll. And he's like, no, fix yeah. this. And he's yeah. like, no, I can't. And he's like. All right, well, I'm going to kill you too. Like, it, everything tracked perfectly. Everybody's <laughs> astonishment, disbelief. There was no, like, you know how when you see a zombie movie and they're like, what, are you, what is what is this? Is? What is this? They're coming back to life. Oh, right. What are they? What do you mean a vampire? You're like, shh. It's, it's in the title, okay? It's zombie land. We can, we get it. Okay. Yeah. This movie took no time. I don't need the scene. Yeah. The one person who questioned if the doll was real... Every person who questioned if Chucky was really possessed almost died. So I'm totally... Oh, yeah. It was so justified. Um, uh, we're going to talk about how these movies started out as both over two hours and turned into half hour, hour and a half movies in a moment. 
So let's transition. I'm familiar with the Cobra story. Let's move to Cobra. Cobra, a 1986 American action film directed by oh George P. Cosmatos, 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 and written by yes, that's right, Sylvester Stallone. Absolutely, the one only. So, you might know Cosmatos because of Rambo: First Blood Part Two, which was the one, which is its own like trope now, where it's like there's a guy who's so badass that he took himself out of the system. And usually somebody's in jail. In this case, he's working on, like, a rock farm in Rambo 2. But, like, you have to go get him because he's out of the game. But you need him for one last job. Which is different than somebody who's about to retire. I just want to put that out there. Yeah. Oh, completely. And so, in Rambo 2, they need him to go back and shoot all the Vietnamese people. (laughs) Yes. That is true. Uh, Yeah, Cobra... Came after Rambo two is yes. the second in a run of an incredible run of movies from George Cosmatos. Eighty five Rambo two, eighty six Cobra, eighty nine Leviathan, oh. underrated movie, I didn't put that relatively unknown movie. Ninety three Tombstone. Tombstone, yeah, which Just is an unreal eight year run. Those are very diverse movies because yeah. Rambo two is part of a series, so you have to work within a character, but it's series. basically. A war action. action. War action. And then Cobra is a cop action. Mm-hmm. Leviathan is like an underwater horror. Which is its own genre. Also because it's a sub-genre. And then Western. But like Tombstone like is like one of the like top five like modern Westerns. Oh, easily. Yeah. yeah. So this guy's, he's legit. I don't know how I got into this, but we're going to talk about it in a second. So, the film was loosely based on the novel Fair Game. No Wikipedia page. It is red. I went on to Amazon to buy which, a copy of Fair Game. Yeah, which blows my mind because three movies were made from the novel Fair Game. <laughs> three movies! By Paula Gosling. That's right. This, this movie was based on a book written by a woman. Yeah. Which, when you watch the movie, you're like... No, it wasn't. <laughs> and you're right. How, how is this possible? Because well, the movie was not written by a woman. So they said that the 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 film Fair Game, based on the novel Fair Game, was later filmed under that title in 1995. Mm, Have not watched definitely. it. I guess we should watch it. Yeah. Movies based on books. Yeah. All right, we'll watch that in Lord Done. of the Rings three. <laughs> That's not true. I've already seen that. Okay, so st- here's a sentence that makes perfect sense. Stallone's screenplay was originally conceived from ideas he had during pre-production of Beverly Hills Cop. Well, yeah. <laughs> that he movie. was signed on to do Beverly Hills Cop. And he rewrote the script and took out all the comedy. It was action-oriented. He re- the studio rejected it as far too expensive. <laughs> what? When he left that project, Eddie Murphy was brought in to, like... This is probably the first thing Eddie Murphy did, because he also did The Golden Child. He did a handful, and like four other, three other Beverly Hills Cops movies. Like, this was oh, his... Yeah. This Beverly Hills Cops was like his breakthrough. How and I'm, I'm very comfortable saying, if it, it was wasn't if it wasn't for Beverly Hills Cop doing like action comedy, we would not have Rush Hour. Like, I'm so happy saying that. Full stop. And we need Rush Hour. I would be a different person if Rush Hour yeah. had kind of... <laughs> Uh, so, this movie... <laughs> the, the line, don't you ever touch a black man's radio, crosses my mind, like, daily. Yeah. 
And it's Eddie Murphy's. It's Eddie Murphy's fault. Thank you, Eddie Murphy. Also, we wanted to have Beverly Hills Ninja, which I think is one of the towering achievements of our time. Yeah, I mean, I'll never aspire to that. We can we can all agree on that. Certainly not. Uh, So, just real quick synopsis of this movie. There's not a plot. So I'm gonna read you the synopsis with like my brain interjecting things. I'm so upset that I didn't know Prince Humbert. I'll tell you how much. What you're saying about the plot actually matters. Perfect. The New Order. Doesn't matter. And the Night Slasher. Okay, sure. Who's the Night Slasher? Shao Kahn from Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yes. Uh, Brad Thompson, I think his name is. He's also... I didn't write his real name. <laughs> the, or Brian Thompson, maybe. Yeah. His... Uh, another claim to fame, he's like the head vampire or something in Buffy for like... Two seasons. Yes, and he needed early. Buffy. He needed zero makeup because his mouth is so like his that. face is insane. His mouth is like it's that. so mean looking. Okay, uh, so those are the main bad guys. We see them in the first scene, and there's a man who's going to go t- start some mischief. Pulls into the handicap space, so you know he's a bad. He's dude. a bad guy. We see Lieutenant Marion Cabretti, part of the zombie squad. We're going to get into that. Never. Mm. And his partner, who is basically dressed as Sonny Corleone (laughs) from the 1940s. Yes. Yeah. No, 19... No, I guess it would be... Straight up depression, Eric. 1970s. He's both dressed as (laughs) James Caan and, like, young Vito. Godfather (laughs) 2. He's wearing, like, a... <laughs> you got that paperboy cap. He's wearing a vest over, like, a full Oxford shirt with the sleeves like, rolled up. Are, are you hot or you're cold? We can't figure it out. Um, well, I, hey, this is in L.A., so it doesn't matter. You can wear anything. There's also this dirty nerd cop called Detective Monty. Played by the dad in Hellraiser. Okay, I couldn't find any reference for yeah, him. That makes that's all sense. I know about him. Um, Great, though. And then... Good, good actor. A lovely lady, Ingrid, who's a fashion model, she's targeted by the New Order because she saw a murder that she... She saw some... She saw a face that she might have associated with a murder? She didn't see the... Mur- she just drove by and the... She saw the looking, The Night Ripper guy just yeah. looked at her and then she drove away, kind of scared-like, and then they're like, we have to kill her. Her introduction to the movie is a scene that is smash cuts of her posing with robots. Dancing with robots. What's what's the what's the montage? What's the, the other thing Ripper that's happening? Is is he sharpening, sharpening his, knife? his knife to the lyric living on the edge of a knife. Uh, at the same time shows him sharpening his knife. I think it shows other gang members just like Climbing machetes yeah. together yes. and like and axes hanging around like they just like hang out in like a foundry just like a, a fully functional foundry <laughs> and then all of this is under the careful gaze of captain of the police force or like the zombie squad can't figure out Art Lafleur who's that Babe Ruth from the Sandlot <laughs> oh with yes with God knows yes. the smallest gun that has ever been. <laughs> The first, the first, the first thirty-five seconds of the movie, there's a motorcycle that parks into that goes to a like a piggly wiggly, so, effectively, yeah, yeah. and then a bunch of men clanging uh, giant 
giant hatchets together. Swords and chains. We're, ta- we're talking about, like, axes that you buy at Home Depot. They're clanging them together. Yeah, very few guns, which is very badass. And then a, a dirty nerd that no one likes talking through a megaphone, and he's ineffective. So we see the, the, the coolest car anyone's ever seen in the history of time. And what's the license plate on it? Oh, the movie's called Cobra. He's code word Cobra. Code word Cobra, yeah. His what's his name? What What do you see on his license plate? Awesome 50. Not awesome spelled right, by Not the way. Not the full word awesome. A-W-S-O-M 50. Like... This, it's a movie. There Just is put a, awesome 50. There is a Wikipedia paragraph about this car that I was going to read to you, and I remembered that this is a... We are living a finite time. One day we will all die, yes. and I can't do it. <laughs> I can't read it. <laughs> it's fine, Mike. I, I read, read it, it once. I, I wasn't going to read it. I wasn't going to read it twice is what I should say. I already read it once. Um, you know, you only go around YOLO. Which, and to be fair, they, uh, they had to make... I don't know if they made, I think they made replicas of the car for an incredibly badass car chase scene. Uh, And they just (laughs) destroyed the thing. It gets wrecked. Hard wrecked. Yeah. Um, Also, so the plot is, and then Babe Ruth is like, shut up, you dumb nerd. We're calling, we're calling the real guy in. And I guess he's just sitting by his phone eating that single slice of pizza. With a scissors. (laughs) That he cuts, not from the outside to the center, he takes a single piece and cuts it across. Right. Throws the crust piece... Back? Back in the box and then eats like a two-inch triangle of cold pepperoni pizza. (laughs) Just an amazing acting choice. I don't know if he knew the camera was rolling. I'm worried that was his life. That was his trailer. That that was just a little pick-me-up before the actual shot. So anyway, but it looked so goddamn good. The Babe Ruth says, "Get out of here, you dirty nerd!" And he points the the world's smallest gun. There's 115 cops pointing their guns at this, uh, just a bunch of glass doors. Just it, it, completely ineffectual. And here's why I'm confused, and I'm gonna get to the confusion in a second. Like there is a justification for my confusion. I did not fall asleep during this movie. <laughs> Full stop. Full stop. I was too jacked the whole time. Yes. Yeah. But this movie starts with the most innocuous, like, armed conflict of all time. This man just shoots a bunch of groceries. And I'm like, is this a commentary on Marxism? I said, no, it's called Cobra. It and his name is. Definitely not that. <laughs> I found out real quick. He just shoots a bunch of, like, name brand items just exploding tomatoes and, and i'm like bread. why is every single person acting like he's a bad guy he's just insane oh wait he shoots a single man mm-hmm. and granted he did shoot him in the back and he's a dirty hippie coward's move but then like like so anyway the movie goes on so cabretti which there's we're apparently calling him Cabretti from here on out. I'm gonna call Cabretti. him Marion. He knows what his name is. <laughs> Which is a reference to John Wayne. John Wayne. That's Ch- Shanghai News. John Wayne. <laughs> John Wayne's middle name was Marion. Oh. Which is traditionally a woman's name, yeah. but John Wayne played Man's the man. manliest man in yeah. Hollywood for like thirty years. Yeah. And so this is just a little riff on. John Wayne. Oh, Marion. It's such a softy name. No. I'm a cobra. I'm also... He also carries a revolver? He's got some guns. Yeah. 
He, get, it, he eventually so it gets on the a little co- pornographic on the guns. On the cover that I remember, it's uh-huh. him wearing sunglasses, sunglasses, all leather. Yeah, black holding, leather with a machine, like a kind of like an Uzi with a laser sight. <laughs> <laughs> Which, when you watch the movie, you're like, I'm glad he has that laser sight. Yeah, it helps him shoot helps. all the bad men. Yeah, it shows him where the bullets are gonna go. He shoots all the bad men with that gun. Um, so the the plot of the movie is there is a. There is both a New World Orders esque, uh, I get cult. It's a cult. cult. It's a cult. Yeah, it's yeah, a cult. So a there's nihilistic cult. There is a cult that is causing uh, civil unrest, but there's also a serial killer who we later find to be the leader of the cult. Yeah, I guess more or less the de facto. He has leader. the coolest knife. He also has the biggest face. So <laughs> the he, deepest lines on his face. As they, you know, as they say, to the big face goes the spoils. And he has the yeah. biggest face, so he gets the most spoils. It's the truth, Mike. Um, I really don't know what else to talk about this, except for the following three things that I put exclamation points next to. In 1987, the film was made into a video game by Ocean Software for the ZX Spectrum, Ooh. Commodore 64, and the Amstrad CPC. So that's right. This is a multi-platform video game. Wow. That I'm pretty sure we could just find an emulator in ROM for. Just we could find it just free online. Um, I also want to talk about totally legally. No, you could do it's it legally. It's just so so yeah. old. Yeah, it, this is a like old King old King Wenceslaus. This is just part of the public domain at this point. <laughs> um, let's talk about Angel in the City, the best song written by the best man for the best movie. Oh man, I just wrote down Angel in the City because I couldn't. I couldn't do anything else but write it. <laughs> I had to experience it moment of. Yeah, the pop music in this movie, like, for the full 90 minutes, is awesome. Yeah. It's just great 80, like, yeah. I don't think Duran Duran was on the soundtrack, but think Duran Duran. Just awesome synth pop, good, like, soundtrack music, or, 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 or I should say score yes. music. Yeah. Uh, very, like, modern synth wave kind of sounding. It was enjoyable. Yeah. It was, it's like... It's impressive. It was a, it both was a very good music video and a very good, like, music bed for the action that was happening. The -hmm. last thing I have to talk about before we move on is, in May of 2019, what's that? This year? (laughs) Yes. At the Cannes Film Festival. Who's that? Sylvester Stallone. (laughs) Discussed that a remake is in the development in the form of a what? Television series? Oh, by September of the same year, this year, 9-2019, he confirmed the project is moving forward with, what? Robert Rodriguez. That's right, the oh, spy kid's man himself. He's also, genius. He's also done like all the good action yeah, movies, yeah, too. But too. he's going to be both the director and creator, which I don't think that makes sense if Sylvester Stallone's Cabretti is, if he's reprising the role. Because we're talking old he Rambo. Has he has to. Is this old Rambo again? Or is this yeah. young? Is this Judge Dredd Dredd version? Where Keith Urban is now. That would be cool. Cabretti. Because the new Dredd movie was. So good. So, so good. Oh my God. Such an awesome action so movie. So good. Let's talk about Sith for a second. Yeah. Go see Dredd. Um, yeah. So this movie definitely. I think there are two modern major action franchises that either. Honestly, either wouldn't have existed or were heavily influenced by this movie. Okay. There's a scene, I think it's um, 
Okay, it's before the hotel shootout. No, it's during the uh, during the first car chase. Just like it's so destructive, flying through the streets of L.A. Yeah, hitting every hot dog stand, food stand on the street you, that you can possibly see. Dirty hippies. Just so destructive. Um, uh, Cabretti gets in front of him and he flips his car right. around, floors it backwards, and right. starts shooting at the front. Pure Fast and Furious shit. No, that's also like directly out of uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Like he literally cuts the anti-lock brake system so he could fishtail and do that exact thing. <laughs> nice. So like, and and that's the thing is like this. You can talk all the shit you want on this movie, but it did things that had to be done. Yeah, it and laid the, the final, groundwork. And the final scene, oh my which God. J- just an awesome final like thirty minutes of the movie. Yeah. They go to the motel, laying low, bad guys roll up. Yeah. All right, I'm going to pull out my guns. Right. And then he just starts wasting people. Right. Just start, just mowing down guys. He's yeah. killing people at the motel. They get in the car. Bridget Nielsen, a.k.a. his real-life wife. No! During the filming of this I movie. I did not know they that. They were married for two years. That's a long time! And most of that was probably filming this movie. Oh, that's kind of... I don't feel good so about that. So she's driving the truck. He's in the back of the truck. He's got machine guns. He's shooting guys on motorcycles. Can we play this video game now? Yes. And then they go, they finish the whole thing up in great. the aforementioned fully functional metal foundry. I thought you were going to mention the grapefruit field orchard that they just like... I, I just thought it was... He was just yeah, running just around. ran through. Yeah. Yeah. He killed a bunch of but people there. <laughs> what other movie finished in a metal foundry? That's right. Terminator 2 yeah. Judgment Day. Yeah. Would not have happened without this movie. That is the that is the hill I'm dying on. I'm I'm comfortable saying Leon the Professional with their like shootout came from this movie and Django Unchained where he was shooting all those people like when yes. one man is able to murder a bunch of people with guns. We're going right back to this one. <laughs> like yeah. I'm sure yeah. the Matrix borrowed heavily from this too. I did think there were plenty of awesome lines in this movie. Correct. Um, mostly from the so, mostly so, from when like he just like tells minorities that they should do better yeah and then they yes, do better there's a lot of that <laughs> oh wait uh, it was the 80s but they listen was it in California <laughs> um, it feels Malibu, like it, right it feels like California yeah Malibu, yeah. LA yeah. something like that so <laughs> so the movie starts out it's the it's a showdown in the grocery store he kills the guy they bring the body out and, and this reporter's like Oh, yeah. This man had rights. What do you say about that? You can't just go killing people. And he lifts up the thing. He's like, you tell that to these people's family. And uh, as soon as he said that, I'm just like, oh, this is going to be such a reactionary shit show. Yeah. And it is. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Good so guess. it goes on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're in the hotel. And the one cop's like, do you know you have an attitude problem? He goes, yeah, but it's just a little one. That is not a comeback. That's also not... It's, that's it's barely not a, a sentence. It's not a comeback. Here's my favorite line. You have a bad shot. I hate people with bad shots. Then he kills him. Yeah. When they're in the foundry, he's fighting a guy. You have the right to remain silent. And the dude just screams to death <laughs> as he's engulfed in flames. <laughs> Okay. Fully engulfed in so flames and dies. This, this is not a spoiler because this is a, an action movie from the 80s. So it's similar to any movie in the 50s. Bad guys have to get punished. Good guys have to be rewarded. Mm-hmm. 
end of sentence. Like, this, you know what's going to happen. Period. So, Cobra was originally an X-rated film, okay, because it was so graphically violent. Excellent. Okay, Warner Brothers did not like the level of gore and violence in the first rough cut. How long was that rough cut, Bob? 130 minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> God, that's so long. Okay, so... There's so many dead people. Yeah. So Warner Brothers demanded that more graphic scenes be cut down and removed ent- or removed entirely because they were too intense. So, you know what was left in the movie? The final scene where Cabretti and the Night Slasher engage in a vicious melee combat inside the steel mill, ending with what? The Night Slasher being impaled in the back by a large but like roaming a hook and then burned oh, alive. This is what's not... Delivered with the knife. With the hook in his back. This is up an assembly line into a field of blowtorches. And this is what they said. No, that's not X-rated. What was that in the X-rated the thing? Oh my god. What was in the X-rated Must have one? Been incredibly dark. Now, yeah, okay. So you said they were in an intense melee combat fight. Like, okay, I get that like the Jason Bourne movies kind of changed how fights happen in movies. Yes, because he killed that man with that pen. But this fight is such a boring fight. It's incredibly stiff. They just, like, stare at each other and circle each other and, like, throw haymaker punches. Right. And that's about it. Yeah. That's about it. For, like, five minutes. Yeah. There is a... Originally, instead of a grocery store, they were going to have the open shootout in a movie theater, which... You know, as moviegoers, probably didn't go over well. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Good call on that one. Yeah. Um, there was also, they were originally going to have uh, Cobra and his um, uh, Gonzalez partner, the uh, guy with the the newspaper bike. Yeah. He yeah. was going to, they were going to kill every single member of the night cult. And then uh, there was a different ending a where that dirty nerd Monty was yeah. the actual leader of the New Order Ooh. cult. Ooh. Now you see, I was kind of thinking that towards the middle of the movie. I'm like, is this guy, is this guy involved or something? No, I, don't, just, I don't like this guy. He's a, he's a real he's, dick. He's basically just a stand-in for the ACLU. <laughs> and Sylvester Stallone's like, you know who needs rights? Good, good, good guys. Good people. Good, good guys. Good guys. Good girls. So he punches yeah. him right in the face. This is one hundred percent just like basically a fascist movie. Yeah, they're like, you know what IA stands for ignorant asshole you're like no it's internal affairs they're like oh my god that was a good line he should have used that line (laughs) that's the smartest thing i've ever said in my entire life (laughs) all right so now you know a little bit about uh how the babe ruth guy and shao khan were in a movie where sylvester stallone was originally gonna do this movie instead this was beverly hills cop i guess it yeah that makes sense because it's in california It's in Beverly Hills. I mean, like, it also smacks a lot of taxi driver, because he's just like, your disease. There's filth on the street. I can smell it. it It's in my nose. I want to die. You're like, oh, my God. God, jeez. So we'll be back in just a minute with some criteria to tell you which one of these under 90 minute movies was the best. Before we get into the four criteria we're going to discuss, we had a revelation um, that we forgot to share in the the exposition dump at the beginning. Bob, what did you remember about Cobra? 
it's an incredible revelation. I can't believe I didn't bring it up considering the time of the year, but Cobra is a Christmas movie. And how would it not be a Christmas movie? That's right. Marion Cabretti, your friend and mine, saves Christmas from the New World Order. Yeah. NWO. All the kids got their presents that year. Except for the ones who died because of dirty... Because of extreme violence. Because of the liberal media and the ACLU. <laughs> Let all these kids die on the table. <laughs> Who's going to explain that to their family? I think that guy who died was like 40. Who was running, remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was not young. Also, I did not watch him serpentine, so, like... Right. Maybe he deserved it. Who knows? Come on, guy. No innocent blood was shed in this in the making of this movie, I'm saying. Okay, so, the four criteria we're going to use... Um, when Bob and I watch movies, we tell you about which one we would rather re- re-watch. The issue is that, like, we're going to re-watch most of these movies. <laughs> like... But which one? These we... two, yes. <laughs> Definitely not some that we've watched in the past. All right. How many times have you seen Gotti? Dark Tower. Pe- fuck you. Oh yeah, that movie did suck a lot. <laughs> I forgot how bad that movie Fucking was. Dog shit movie. Oh man. Even John. I'd rewatch Gotti just to like Josh show Josh. friends that movie and like, like can hey. you believe how bad this is? <laughs> I do remember how bad that movie was. <laughs> I loved it. So unlike respect, Mike, show a little respect to the family. And then he names all of the five boroughs <laughs> as New Yorkers that, do. That comes up in my mind a lot. Like whenever anybody says New York or Manhattan, I'm like Manhattan, Long Island, Coney Island, Staten Island, the Bronx. It's like no, it's somebody else's line. So, unlike all of the movies we've ever watched, we're going to ask which one of these two movies was well-paced. 90 minutes is a not a lot of time to do a lot that's with a, both of these that's films. A crack of a whip. And then we want to ask which one of these could have been or should have been longer. I think those are two different questions, but we're going to figure mm-hmm. it out together. And then uh, Bob brought up a very good one. These are both movies from the 80s. And the 80s excelled at three things. One quality of genre two destroying disco once and for all and three yeah, like they did at that detroit tigers game <laughs> that was li- yeah, literally the day disco died because they blew it up with some dynamite they found it's true uh we're talking slasher films we're talking action films yes that's what the 80s does best uh drama nobody knew how to act back then uh, it's yeah. terrible D- different era um comedies I, I'm you sure, don't want to sure go back and rewatch a whole lot of them because, like, the thing—a lot of good comedy is sort of like time locked because some of the references are funny, like because they're referencing things. The, like that's just how comedy works. Um, I feel like even the ones that aren't are like, yeah, this is just straight up sexist. Like, yeah. you you raped a girl for laughs because it was funny. Revenge though. of the Nerds. Yeah, it's Porky's. Just, <laughs> Porky's. Yeah. But like, uh, bachelor party pretty regressive maybe the only like mel brooks was funny because he was doing like absurdist humor and absurdist humor is always funny you can watch monty python's flying circus now you know like 40s cat skills comedy like like, (laughs) mel brooks has definitely kind of had like his own kind of comedy i liked it um but so so we're talking about horror movies we're talking about action which one of these two movies 80s genre film stood out not just was in the whole slog of films at the time because there's a there's a laundry list and you should watch all of them but which one of these is better educate yourself because 90 minutes isn't a lot of time 
yeah, to easy. do a lot with. And both of these movies were able to stand out. So, which one do you want to start with, Bob? Let's uh, let's go rewatchability. Okay. I don't know if I'd rewatch Cobra, just because there are so many other action movies I haven't seen yet. Sure. Where I'm going to rewatch Chucky because or Child's Play because I'm just blown away at how, like, I saw the movie Gremlins and I'm like, oh, yeah. I get it. Like, there's little guys walking around. Yeah, yeah, movie. I was blown away at the practical effects of this movie. Like, I was stricken with fear at times there because of the not, animatronics. There were nine puppeteers credited in this movie. It's a tiny little puppet. For one puppet. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, it's great. Um, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I will rewatch Cobra because uh, I love just genre just shitty yeah. action movies yeah. just just a like a yeah. b action movie and the th- this was b quality it's definitely like an a you know big budget th- type of thing i think when we say shitty action movie we mean shitty in everything except for the action like oh yeah of course acting bad yeah dialogue the, the bad. action in the movie is yeah. really great plot bad action kick butt so, so definitely good. i will revisit cobra but as far as rewatchability Child's Play is a really good movie. Uh, I, I mean, I I think I alluded to it before, but I knew this this series got kitschy and tongue in cheek and cheesy and straight up bad. Right. Um, but the first one is just a just a good. It's a thriller. So here's a another fun fact I read from Wikipedia. I can't wait to scare the shit out of my kids with that movie. It's so I was scared now. Um, they mentioned that this movie was made on a budget of nine million dollars. It made $44 million or Solid. Gross. I don't know. When they say gross, that means, like, does that include, like, VHS sales and stuff? I, uh, I don't think that usually means okay. that. So that's, that's just, just box just office, right? Box. Okay. Yeah. So even though it made... Because they say, like, you know, there's some movies that grossed. Like, I'm thinking of, like, a movie like... Um, what had American Summer grossed like a million dollars, right? But then it made like ten million dollars on DVD sales. Okay, that's a good point. So the the gross was forty four, the budget was nine. So even though there's a, just about five hundred percent, you know, repayment of the return, of the yeah. budget return. That's the right word. Uh, it said that it gained a cult following. I would just say this is a successful movie, right? But I guess you can't. Like all horror movies aren't like acceptable. Like they're never gonna win an award. Like the closest no. one that like Midsummer is probably in uh, Hereditary are the only ones people ever talked about. Oh no, this is right. uh, I mean, Science... Get Out is the only one that they ever like said was good. Yeah, and that's because Silence of like... the Lambs I think was the first yeah. quote that... unquote horror movie to be nominated. I might call that a thriller though because it's a detective thing. I I'm sympathetic to calling it horror. It definitely plays a lot of horror tropes. Fair, but this like from start to finish it's barely a horror movie yes it's scary as hell oh my god but so intense yeah it's just like a, it's a really scary I get, he does eat that man's face yeah yeah you're right yeah, yeah. and we see that guy's like no dong you know you're right that's pretty scary and that <laughs> you know, i mean that woman is living dog. in a pit okay yeah, okay <laughs> okay that's a girl she makes make her live her in a pit and that whole and he's gonna uh, slice her up 
And remember when like you he touches her hair with the Ugh. night vision goggles? Oh, give myself the willies. Keep okay. Yeah. So we're both agreeing that we're gonna rewatch Child's Play tonight, right? <laughs> yep. Before yep. we both go to bed. Yep. Before midnight tonight. It's only an hour and a half. It's only ninety only minutes. Easy. Um. So you should watch it too. Which one do you consider a well paid, well paced ninety minutes? I'm gonna go with Cobra. Okay. On this one, it never relents. There were. <laughs> hey, look, they're both under ninety minutes. There's not a whole lot of time to relent. But Child's Play, there were one or two scenes where it's like, all right, I don't know if I need to see this kid like locked in an insane asylum type of scene. Right. I don't know if I need to see him like get broken down by the cops in an interrogation room. Right. Yada yada. You know, I'd say there was. I don't want to call it fluff. Yeah. But there was. I'd say like five minutes of stuff that I was like, eh. Which no. I'm gonna so, go. I'm gonna go get a drink. I'm gonna go take a take a bathroom break during this. I didn't consider. I didn't even think about those. What I was thinking about was like when the mom is at the makeup counter and she's getting like chewed out by her weird boss. Yeah. And like that was an extensive scene and Yeah, too long. Which it was not it was it was a minute. You know, in the, probably in the remake it's 45 minutes of just her hating her job <laughs> until like the movie starts. Like yeah. I was I was completely ready to give this to child's play. Until you reminded me that, like, no, man, like, there's stuff that could have gotten cut. Like, every single scene tells you one thing about a character or literally moves the plot forward in Cobra. Like, yeah. when we were joking about that yeah. pizza scene, that paints a very real picture of that man's psychosis. <laughs> like, you know why he thinks everyone is the disease? is because he's eating one piece of pizza a meal a day. He keeps that pizza in the freezer. That's yeah. not even good anymore. He he's been eating off that pizza for two weeks. So now I'm I'm on well paced with Cobra because yes, there is that car chase scene seems long, but no, every, like it was probably cut down for four from a four hour scene. Like they took four hours yeah. to film that. Yeah. The the moat from the motel shootout through the car chase through the foundry scene. That was all it was shot like twenty four. It was all in real time. Also like the credits but they are down. being shot while the man is driving his motorcycle to go commit a crime. Oh, wait, they're also interspersing, yes. like, the New World Order, like, clanking their swords together. You know so much before the credits are finished rolling. I also know a lot when they say, we gotta call we gotta call him in from the zombie squad, and then Awesome 50 zombie. shows up. What's a like, zombie squad? Don't care. I know what matter. it is. They kind of hint at it I at one it. point. Like, even in the scenes where you're like, oh, we're going to get into the machinations of police work and we're going to get tied down with red tape. No, it's just nope. it's just Cobra being Doesn't mad happen. and that guy who loves the ACLU just running, run you know, smacking his gums around, just saying, oh, I think we should yeah. let all these criminals go. <laughs> yeah, you just want to go in and smash and kill people, don't you, Cobra? He's like, yes, I do. And yeah, then he punches is, him in the this face. This is my whole thing, guy. Yeah. Okay. So, now that we've gotten those two out of the way, which one do you think should have been longer or could have been longer and it's still been as quality a movie as we're purporting both of these are? Which one should have been longer? What did you need more from? I think Child's Play should have been longer. Okay. I think Cobra could have been longer. Oh, okay. So, you're a split vote. I need you to elaborate on those two ideas. Yeah, and maybe I'm, uh, you know, 
dra- drawing a uh, distinction without a difference here. No, but, you're supposed to. Um, I think there is more they could have fleshed out with the Strangler and Chucky. I think there could have been one or two more characters thrown in just as, you know, death fodder. Yeah. That wouldn't have detracted from the movie. Um, I think it's a good, you know, a good argument that you could you could kind of rewrite, recut it, add like 15 minutes. And it's maybe not a better movie, but an as good movie. So I need to tell you, originally this movie was, a uh, Child's Play was originally two hours, uh, but it did not go over well with the audience. Two hours? Too long. Hour two. 45? Yeah. Here's what some of the, the st- here's some of the stuff they cut. Uh, Charles Lee Ray, the soul of Chucky, was stalking a drunk woman when he was a human, only to discover it was Detective Mike Norris as an undercover sting operation. Mm, so it sort of been like the opening of the movie, but like three days before. Yeah, yeah. And then Andy oh. was showing Chucky around his room and finding a photograph of his deceased father that got cut. Uh, hey, I don't care about the dead. John, the voodoo guy, healing an infant through a voodoo ritual, and Chucky unsuccessfully... I don't care about the voodoo. Are you ready for this? This is the most problematic thing that I'm so glad they cut. Chucky unsuccessfully trying to break into Andy's room at the mental hospital and tricking a mentally ill girl named Mona into carrying him into the ward. Yeah. We're, we're calling this a prescient cut. We're glad you didn't... <laughs> See, now when I said they could have added 15 minutes, I did not say any of those scenes. You didn't (laughs) ask a young person to act like they had, you know, a mental disease? Cheers to you! In 1988. (laughs) That's like when they started, like, it was a big deal in The Exorcist when they mentioned Ritalin. Okay, like, they cut that from the, they're like, this is too hot button an issue. Uh, Yeah, I, you know, could have used one or two more extended death scenes. Yeah. Okay. Um, but so that is my should have been longer. Cobra, it could have been. Who knows if it would have been good or not? But oh man, uh, just more time on the car scenes, longer gunfights, just scenes of I don't know what they cut out. People's bodies being ripped in half by gunfire, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But that could have added so much more violence. And it wouldn't really have detracted from the movie because that that is the point of this movie is just bad dudes getting fucked up. Yeah, because they're diseased and he's the cure. <laughs> yeah, they're a stain on the street. I'm, um, I'm almost always in favor of a shorter horror movie. Because I think that if you can't get me on your victim's side before they're attacked, then I'm not going to care. And I think Mm -hmm. action movies need to be a little bit longer to make it pay off sometimes. Or like like you said, I would prefer longer action scenes. So I'm going to give it to Cobra on this one. It could have been or should have been longer because, uh, like... If he's driving the car and then there's a, like a woman's pushing a baby carriage and he has to do something and then he's on yeah. a motorcycle, yeah. like I'm just saying, like all action could be increased yeah. a little bit, right? Especially because they Each did not do turn it up. A little they bit. did not do Cobra Two, Cobra in the City. 
or Cobra 2, Cobra in Space. They did not do a sequel of this. However, they did multiple sequels of Child's Play because they knew that you can churn one of these out in an hour and a half, and then you can... It both, Give me a sympathetic it both victim character, exactly. kill some people, defeat the bad guy. Also, like, it was... it Going back to well-paced, like... It, it wasn't well paced because it's like oh this guy got struck with lightning and now he's in a doll and you're like what and then they're like oh no like because he was friends with the voodoo guy you're like what what also like I didn't know who that one guy that, that was didn't explain it. I didn't know who exploded in the house that one time no because like but I don't want to know anymore like I'm just glad that guy died in an oh, spectacular wait, wait, wait. way that was the strangler's partner I think no yeah you're right I had to look that up. <laughs> I had to rewatch them. Yeah. I went back to minute six so I could figure out who these guys were. But ninety minutes—that's not that many minutes. And that's the behind. thing is, like, no, like they did a good job with their ninety minutes. It yeah, wasn't oh, well it was paced. Good, yeah, it wasn't no, well paced. No slide against Child's Play. Just yeah, Cobra I think was a little better. They, yes, exactly. They were okay. both well paced. Yeah, Cobra right. more so. So quality of genre. Which one do you think overperformed? They had ninety. They had under ninety minutes. And they had to say, there's a whole bunch of garbage coming out right now. We're going or a whole bunch of, you know, gold just, nuggets. Just I need to stand out. Which theaters, one do you think stands theaters out? Theaters were saturated with muscly dudes killing guys and with evil entities murdering teenagers. Or like a couple of like weird courtroom thrillers that no one's interested in. Yeah, yeah, that that was real hot around that time yeah um 80s lawyers cocaine i don't know it, it tracks gangster movies didn't make sense anymore so that everybody had to be a lawyer <laughs> <laughs> quality of genre hmm i'm gonna have to give it the child's play um cobra solid movie fun uh i, I really don't think it even approaches the heights of a first blood part two or a commando, or a blood sport, or uh, above, the, above law. the law. Yeah, yeah. Any of these major action, not franchises, but the actor themselves was the franchise. Yeah, he was a brand unto himself. And as was Sylvester Stallone, but he had other franchises. He did better movies. I agree a hundred and fifty percent, and I can't wait to hear why you thought Child's Play was a good horror movie because. I could talk all day about what makes a good action movie and why this was an adequate one, but wasn't enough of a '80s action movie. And I, but you hit it on the head. Like Sylvester Stallone did good stuff. Oh yeah. And this is—he's not doing anything. The guns are doing all the stuff. Like the the mm -hmm. the the car is doing the stuff. Like he's not doing anything. Yeah. Different. And now to Child's Play, I, I will. Put that in the subgenre, not just 80s horror, 80s slasher. Okay. Um, which I would say Chucky is a slasher villain. Oh, of course. Because um, he has a knife most of the time, inexplicably. Yeah, right, for some reason. <laughs> um, it is better than... So, let me try to think. How many... You know, what are your famous 80s slasher movies? Your, your Friday the 13th movies? Your Nightmare on Elm Street movies? Um, uh, there's the, Jason kind of Mike franchises. Uh, Halloween. Halloween one. It started in the it was like seventy eight yeah. or something. But, that, but he has like three two, or four, three, in the 80s, four yeah. or something in the eighties, and they were mostly garbage. Mm -hmm. um, 
Three is a really dark and weird movie. Is that Season of the Witch? Season of the Witch, yes. Yeah. Starring old Michael Myers. Right. Total but flop, I would, except I would for the fact that it was awesome. up there with the first Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. Not, I would put it like a step below, but on a similar tier. I would say it's better than probably every Friday the 13th movie. Bold statement. Go ahead. Of which there were like seven in the 80s. Yeah, and the, okay, I'm I'm fine with the '80s ones. Yeah, because um, the first one this, was amazing. It, it's a great, it's a tight ninety. Yeah. You got a great iconic villain, um, which you don't know is iconic until like you watch it and you're like, okay, oh, I get it. it how is this doll so charismatic? Right, and it really is. You love to hate him, and then it launches a seven film franchise. Yeah. Um, the reason I thought he stood out is because like. He was a different kind of creepy. Like, he infiltrated a single mother and her, like, only child. Yeah. In a way that were, like... Very he, vulnerable family. He listened to this boy talk, and he was just biding his time. Like, it's a creepy different level. Like, Gremlins is like, oh, they're little monsters. And, like, the other guys are unstoppable killing it's like machines. It's scary. Right. Like, exactly. It takes something that's cute and makes it very dangerous. This, this is like, my, my my daughter runs around with dolls and she talks to them. And, right. like, the thought of them, like, whispering back to her and being, like, and her being, Daddy, my doll says that his name is blah, blah, blah. And, and don't call him Buddy. People. Call him Chucky. And, yeah. yeah. Like, what? Yeah, right. Like. I'm, all I'm telling you is, like, buy some firewood and always be ready. Like, yeah. get some lighter fluid. <laughs> yeah. Hold it next to Chekhov's fireplace. Hundo P. <laughs> it's like, I think because, like, the thing about Michael Myers and Jason and Freddy Krueger are that they're unstoppable adult men mm -hmm. who you should fear because they're adult men. And, like, adult men will sometimes snap and kill people with they knives. Have, they demonstrate that... I mean, first, like, Michael Myers is at least nominally right. human. Right. But he's incredibly strong. Jason is a undead beast or something, but he's incredibly strong. Right. And Freddy's a, a, a nightmare man. But also in the real world. Yeah. Like, he's both, which is not great. He, he, he's in the real world, but he still has a nightmare power. So he can stretch his arms out and be big. And right. He's not, like, you know, a muscly guy, but he has, super, he has literal superpowers. Right. And they shoot this doll with a gun multiple times, and then it dies. Just blowing limbs off. Yeah. And it dies. And it or does it? Like, we don't know why. We don't know how it gets reanimated. We just know that there's voodoo around, and he kills the one guy who could help him. Yep. And uh, it's Sorry, just, only black person in the movie. I had it coming. It was the 80s. Um... I just think that it did a better job of making me uncomfortable and, like, following the tropes but doing something new. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say, you know, out of those four franchises, Friday the 13th was the least scary. It's like, okay, I just won't go to that camp. Yeah. And I'll be fine. Right. Next try lose. Halloween's like, you know, this guy's loose in the suburbs. Oh, the safe suburbs. He's going right. to break in your house and kill you with a knife. It's like, oh, yeah, that's scary. There's some really scary scenes in those films Friday 13 or uh, Nightmare on Elm Street is terrifying right you fall if, asleep and you die if your parents killed a you know a janitor that's true if and only if my parents and neighbors rounded up a known pedophile and burned him to death in the house right 
And then forgot oh, to tell me. Spoiler room. And then didn't tell anyone. If they told me, it would be a different story. Yeah. Yeah. That chap's just a doll. Yeah. Every kid has dolls. But it's a doll that is possessed by a serial killer. So also true. They're everywhere. Yep. Gotta watch out for that. Yeah, it was, it was something and, novel. But they're not everywhere in Cobra, because Cobra kills them all. <laughs> Everyone's dead at the end of the movie. Everyone. Your friends, my friends, just Cobra's standing friends. Standing atop a pile of flaming rubble. <laughs> so, this is a close race, but we're going to give it to Child's Play by just a scooch. Um, Child's Play is your under 90 minute movie to watch. Watch Cobra, guys. Come on. What just you, watch it. What do you got, 90 yeah, minutes? God, it's so much fun. Just don't watch four episodes of Friends and just watch Cobra. It's I'm pretty sure it's on one of the streaming things. It's gotta be. Alright. We'll be back in a minute with like some recommendations for 90 minute movies that you could watch after you watch these. <laughs> Alright, we're back. We're going to tell you some n- movies under 90 minutes that you should see that uh, stand out to us in both in all four of the criteria we talked about. I'm going to start, uh, I'm going to bring up the movie High Noon, which um, stars Gary Cooper as an old man and his um, new Quaker bride, Grace Kelly, uh she had not been made princess of monaco at the time so she was just a famous gorgeous actress um it's a cowboy movie but it sort of flips the cowboy movie uh one one of their like classic storylines on its head where like you might be familiar with the magnificent seven where of a group like a town doesn't have a hero so they go out and they get a rabble and they uh, like get this ragtag group, and they're going to get defended. This movie takes that and turns it on its head, where there is a hero, and he doesn't have a town that is worth saving. Like everyone's a coward. He tries to get a, a posse together, and everyone refuses to help him, including his Quaker bride. And so he's going to stand up against these, um, this like enemy posse by himself because he put this man away and somehow he got out because of corruption and like that's another like thing that doesn't show up a lot in um westerns is like law and order is the like the only thing that's standing between us and the wilderness of the west and like in this movie they're in a town and he has to defend it by himself and uh i think the best part about this movie and why it fits into the under 90 minutes genre and white like exceeds that is because it is told in just about real time like you can read all the imdb trivia about it and it's like off by like oh like seven minutes or whatever but like it is told in effectively real time and it is paced in a way where like you keep looking at like the characters look at the clock and you're like oh crap like four minutes just went by the train's getting closer like and I don't think it should be longer because I've seen really long westerns like The Good, Bad, and the Ugly, uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, Unforgiven, and those belong in that super lengthy part because, you know, they're riding around or like stuff is happening around them. Like, this is talking about epics. Exactly. And those should be epics because they're super overarching, they're very 
widespread in their span. This is about one town, one man, and his, the town, and like what he has to do against this one villain. And I think that it's a great Western because it's very unlike a Western. However, it follows all of those, like it clicks all the boxes of a Western where it's like, it's a guy who has to reconcile with his past and it's a town on the edge of the frontier and at any point he can literally just disappear he can just like decide to leave the town and start a new life which is very western sort of thing and he's the only he's the law which is like this guy who's wearing the sheriff's badge is the law which is very western themed so i think if you have some time it's in black and white it stands up to the test of time it's uh it's got a lot of stuff going on but it zooms through it because you're like hey you've seen a western before right yeah you've seen this yeah, okay, yeah, it's yeah. all the same stuff it's like yeah there's a there's a pretty lady she's definitely ethnic you know you know what she's up to right <laughs> on to the next thing so i de i recommend high noon right after you watch cabretti because <laughs> it'll make perfect sense yeah, please please just watch cabretti. i am the law <laughs> Uh, I'm going to recommend a little film called Primer. It is not only under 90 minutes, it is a tight 77 minutes. Which, when I remember watching it, it felt a little bit longer. It felt a little bit longer. Just because, like, it was so hard for me to understand what was going on the like, first time. In a good way. It's the first so time. dense. So rewatchable. Um, it's, it's an incredible movie. Made It was... Written, directed, produced, edited, and composed the music, composed by a single man, uh, Shane Carruth, who also uh, starred in the movie, cost $7,000 to I was make. A, I was about to say, if, if I didn't know the budget, I knew it was shot in under a month sort of thing. Like, it was definitely one of those situations. The uh, I, I've read before, and I don't know exactly how true this is, but 77 minutes of film is like four thousand dollars <laughs> so, <laughs> so assuming they if the movie's money. all first take right oh you <laughs> like, know it was yeah. there's a lot of whisper stuff and you're like i don't know what put the closed captioning on it is it is a sci-fi movie without special effects it, it's a time travel movie yeah it's it's about nothing but time travel it's about it's very theoretical. Uh, I think just a, uh, I think it's just a couple guys. They're yeah. like computer computer programmers or something. White collar guys. Um, they build a time machine in their garage, and so they just start to play around with it. And it starts out kind of funny, and they're having fun, and they're going back in time to like parties and doing cool things, and then the consequences of going back in time slowly start to build, and. The thought that one or another of them is going back in time without the other one's knowledge or permission comes up, and what's going to happen, and what are the consequences of doing this, and how does this even work right. philosophically, let alone... There's no practical explanation of how it works, but it's more of the philosophical, how does time travel work? And it's... As a piece of independent film, it's incredible. It's a thought experiment played out instead of like in a philosophy discussion in a very short movie with real life people and i think i'm trying to remember the tagline i'm pretty sure it's like 
what if it works and it's just like super simple and it's just two guys standing uh, i can't remember if like they're at like a u-haul like garage or if like, it's like, like storage i think it's i think something. it's their garage like they move I it from one to the other garage. at some point and it's like it it's done in such like like handy cam close quarters that it puts you yeah. in every like it's very you personal. feel everything and they don't have to they don't have to spend a lot of time being like this is a man who has a family this mm-hmm. is how he pays his taxes this is what his browser history is very it's just like exposition you, just just stuff happens it is incredibly well paced the machine they just start time traveling and then shit gets yeah. crazy yeah and it and it like it could and be confusing. longer the first time you see it it is a confusing movie right but it has a very tight internal logic and you rewatch it and you're like Oh, which whoa. which I think does a better job of instead of it could be longer it does everything it should do and then you can just rewatch it right and then like watching it for effectively three hours is the same as watching it once and understanding which yes. is awesome yeah also like for science fiction like I've seen the movie The Time Machine by H.G. Wells <laughs> I've seen John Carter, which I think is about time travel. I can't really tell you. Kind of, maybe? I don't know. He goes to Mars. I think he definitely goes to Mars. And then he comes... No, there... I don't think there's time travel. I he think goes he back, just goes to Mars. He goes back to his body and writes that note, though. That is true. I can't... I couldn't tell it's you. true. That like suspends time or something. Oh, God. So... I feel dumb trying to not under... Because I don't understand John Carter... If I told you I didn't understand the plot of Primer, I would say I'm very very smart. If someone's like, oh, I get Primer, I'm like, you're a liar. (laughs) You probably don't understand Primer. You're like, no, yeah, go back in time. You're like, or do they? You didn't watch that Did they? No. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's... It wouldn't be crazy to say it's the best time travel movie I've ever seen. That's fair. Uh, Have you seen Back to the Future 3? I have. All right. So strong contender, strong contender. <laughs> no, it's not. That's not even the one with cowboys. It is the one with cowboys. That's the trick. Who cares? You it's can't. Exactly what three is? <laughs> <laughs> what about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three? Turtles in Time. Turtles in Time. Is that Turtles in Time? That's the video game. That's when they get the ooze in like a they go lantern. Samurai times. Yeah, I think that's the is third that Turtles movie. in Time. No, I know that's the third movie, third but is it movie. called Turtles in Time? Oh yeah, yeah. The game is Turtles in Time. See, that's how not memorable it is. Yeah. Mm, don't watch Turtles in Time. Yeah, watch both of these movies. These are like, I'm not kidding. These are both very good movies. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. All right, Uh, so we're wrapping up. Bob, do you have anything to plug this time around? Well, um, we'll be doing the uh, first uh, recording of Uncaged on Cage. That's so exciting. Uh, well, within the next week, and I'm hoping to go live. Uh, I was hoping for de- December 1st. By January 1st. Perfect. Check the space, Uncaged on Cage. That's such a good name. I'm so With proud the of you. first episode on Raising Arizona, a classic. <sighs> Everyone so loves good. it. Everybody loves it. All right. Um, so this has been Comparing Apples to Oranges. Today, we looked at movies that were under 90 minutes, and we told you that. While Cobra was good, Child's Play was better, and then we uh, gave you two more recommendations. Um, This has been a lot of fun. I'm Mike. And I'm Bob. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.
that wraps it up i hope you enjoyed that uh angel in the city i uh put the whole music video in the show notes if you want to check out that also in the show notes um got some uh trailers for both of these flicks they're a lot of fun thanks for listening this was episode 45 of the podcast i hope you enjoyed it if you want to check out more episodes go ahead and check out that blogger spot the cato podcast dot blogspot dot com if you have some comments or questions or ideas for future episodes of the podcast, send it to Twitter. We are at the Cato Podcast, all one word, or email us at catopodcast at gmail.com. The intro, outro, music bed music this time, as always, was the song Thumbs Up by the artist Leisure B. And if you want to check out more of his stuff, go to humanworkshop.com. Catch you next time. Stay warm out there. Bye.